This fall we are studying together the work of the Holy Spirit here and now. We are reading various passages in Scripture that have to do with the work of the Spirit so that we may be a little bit more open to that Spirit, a little bit more ready to name the leading in our own lives. Some years ago, a group of psychologists and sociologists did a long-range study on marriage, and the way they did it was they gathered a large group of couples who had just married or were just about to marry, and they interviewed them, each couple, for two to three hours, and they videotaped the interview and took notes, and they made sure that in that time they covered as many topics as possible. Money, in-laws, time, religion, sexuality, chores, the whole gamut. And then they took the material and they put it in the drawer and they waited 10 years. And then they went back to see who was still married and who was not. And this is what they found when they took that list of those who were still married and they went to the drawer and they studied the videos. The number one indicator of who was still married was the way they handled an argument. They made sure in the interview that they found some point of disagreement, and when they found that point, they put a little gasoline on the fire so that the two, you know, got to really into a tug of war with each other. And of course, that escalates. Voices get a little higher and nerves get a little tense. And what they discovered was that in the group that was still married, it would go up, it would go up, it would go up, and then one of them would de-escalate. Rather than pushing all the way to the end to prove that he or she was right, this is the right answer, I know it, one of them would say something like, well, maybe, let me think about it, you might be right. Or some other phrase that said, there is something more important here than winning the argument. There's something more important here than being right. And that something is this relationship, our connection to each other. The truth was the loving commitment they had made to each other was more important than winning any one argument. Today we are looking at the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Truth. And we're reading excerpts from John's Gospel, chapters 14 and 15, all through this section where Jesus gives his last will and testament the night before his death. All through this, he promises that there is someone who is going to come to help. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. I've said these things to you, while I'm still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, 
whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf, and you also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the context of that upper room on the night before his death, Jesus promises help. Jesus promises that there will be one who will come, a comforter, a guide, a spirit of truth who will teach, who will help them remember the words of Jesus, who will help them fulfill the great commandment, love one another as I have loved you. The relationship that is at the center of the truth of God with us. This coach is the one who knows our relationship to Christ is more important than being right about any one little thing. Too often we think in terms of truth, we think in terms of the facts of the case, as in the bailiff swearing in, you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. We want the facts. We want the details And the Holy Spirit does help us remember the facts of the great story that there is a God over all creation, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There was a man in Nazareth. He went out preaching, teaching, healing. He was arrested, crucified, buried, raised from the dead. Yes, we need to know the basic facts of the story, but there's a big difference between saying there is a God and knowing there is a God who is love and knowing that God is for us and not against us. There's a big difference between saying that Jesus was crucified around 33 A.D. and knowing that he died for us and for our salvation. I was in a meeting the other day that our presbyter had gathered, and it was of people who were interested in helping us start new congregations and grow our congregations. And the woman who was leading the meeting that day, there were elders and church members and pastors in the room. The woman who was leading that meeting had us all around tables in small groups, and for our icebreaker, she said, I want you to think about the time when Jesus became real to you. The time when Jesus became real to you. Instead of saying, how long have you been a member of the church? Or how many Bible classes have you taken? Or what's your favorite color? She went right to the heart of the matter. I'd like you to think for a few moments about your answer to that question. When did Jesus become real to you? When did all of this move from Jesus as a part of a story told to Jesus as a part of your story, a relationship in your journey. 
For that is a key Holy Spirit moment. Was it at a church camp? Did a youth group help you with it? Was it a Bible study in a dorm? Was it some encounter in your middle years? Think about your answer. Now, if you are willing, in 30 seconds, in just a few words, I'd like you to turn to someone and say what your answer is. When did Jesus become real to you? Just a few words. It is the work of the Spirit of Truth to establish this relationship, to help this Jesus of history become part of the truth of our lives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I will ask the Father, he will give you another, an advocate, counselor, comforter, coach, All these words are our attempt to translate a a Greek word, paraclete, and to try to say something about the help that is on the way. At the center of the work of the Holy Spirit's presence with us is overcoming fear. There's something about the way we are put together as human beings that we are always alert We are always ready to be afraid. We are always ready to to jump up. If we see a snake, we jump. If something begins to get out of control, we get nervous and our hands sweat. If we see something thrown at us, we duck. We have an anxiety closet. It is quite full. It is always ready to spring open. It's simply a part of the way we are made. This is nothing new But the work of the Holy Spirit is to help us begin to establish that sense that underneath us are the everlasting arms. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. That God is for us and with us. Our three-year-old grandson is 
going to have a little sister in about two months. His mother, of course, is changing shape. And she's been explaining to him, now we're talking about a three-year-old, that she's got a baby and there's going to be a little sister coming soon. He's going to have a little sister. And he's asked various questions. And one day he asked, when the baby comes, is her mama going to come with her? Because you're my mama and that deal's not changing, you know. So what about this other one? There is something in us that just is on edge about the world we live in. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. The work of the Holy Spirit is to help us in this relationship to grow in our sense of the God who watches over us, of the Christ who loves us and will not give up on us. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, comes to ground us in the knowledge of our eternal parent, of our Father who art in heaven, who is mercy within mercy within mercy. God is love. And all of this is about more than memorizing Bible verses or getting our songs in the right order when we come into the worship service. All of this is more. It is about a growing relationship over many years with the one who loved us first and who loves us the most. As we say in our baptism sacrament, God knows our name before we can say God's name, and God loves us from the beginning. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, is the gift that nurtures that knowledge, and helps us grow in that peace. The Spirit of Truth will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. The Apostle Paul will write in his letter to the Galatians, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit of Truth grounds us in this love of God. And then these qualities begin to be a part of our life. And they are qualities that we share with others. They are qualities that begin to be the leaven in our other relationships. And we begin to testify to the love of God at work in this world. When you get excited about something that happened on a mission trip to Haiti or to Appalachia, and you cannot wait to tell your friends about it, that is a Holy Spirit moment. When you are so moved by something you heard in worship or in a Bible study group that it sends you out to touch the lives of others, that's a Holy Spirit moment. When you are so disturbed by some injustice in the community or in the world, when some situation you know offends God and you offer yourself to be part of the solution, that's a Holy Spirit moment. When you become aware of the suffering of a neighbor or a co-worker and you find a way to say a few words of hope and comfort, like God has not forgotten you. 
I will keep you and your family in my prayers. I'm here if you need me. Just a few words. That testimony is a Holy Spirit moment. A long time ago, a pastor told me this story. He went to the hospital to see a long-time member of his congregation. She was way up in years. She was very ill, and she was afraid. Death was probably near. He talked with her. He listened to her fears. He prayed with her, and then he said, Sarah, you are going to be all right. God is going to take care of you. And later in talking to me, he said, That is the truth, you know. Either way, whether she lives or dies, God is going to take care of her. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will testify, and so will you. This fall, we are looking at the work of the Holy Spirit among us here and now so that we may walk into each day trusting that our guide, our coach, our advocate will see us through so that love, joy, peace may indeed be part of our relationship. Thanks be to God. Amen. As the band comes forward now, we prepare to offer ourselves and our gifts as an act of worship. We bring our tithes and our offerings to God. Will you pray with me? O God, whose love is from everlasting to everlasting, we give you all thanks and praise. We offer ourselves and we offer these gifts that all that we are and all that we do may honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.